Hi there, speech-language pathologists. It's Marie, the SLP. I'm so excited to be back. Happy 2023, all of the things. It's been a while. So as my first video of 2023, I wanted to start off by answering two very frequently asked questions. One, how did I get to where I am today as a school-based SLP? Also, what is my day like as a school-based SLP? What is my job like? What are the things that I do maybe on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, a daily basis? as a school-based and pediatric speech-language pathologist. So let's rewind just a little bit so I can answer some questions and maybe if you're either deciding to become a speech pathologist, you can see the route that I took and maybe that'll help inspire the route that you're thinking of taking. I also wanna give you some insight into what daily life can look like as a school-based SLP. As always, I will be incorporating my own wellness tips and just ways that you put yourself first as a human because that is something huge that I've learned on my journey to be where I'm at now as a school-based SLP. I started out as a community college student after I graduated in 2009, I think, from high school. Yes, that was it. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, um, as many 18-year-olds might feel. Maybe not all of us, but some of us did. And I went to community college and was like, I'm just gonna figure it out here. I really liked science. I really thought maybe biology was the path for me. Then I took advanced chemistry classes and decided that was definitely not the path. Fortunately for me, I had the opportunity to do some volunteer work in a school. I helped in a resource specialist program in a middle school where I was working with small groups of sixth graders to help them with whatever they needed help with, whether it was science, math, language arts. I was working one-on-one -on -one sometimes with them and an instructional aide in that class pulled me aside and said, you should look into speech pathology. That might be a good path. I had no idea what a speech pathologist was, but because I did feel very passionately about working with these kids, I thought, yeah, maybe I should look into that. So fast forward a few years when I eventually decided to complete my undergrad at the University of Redlands with a Bachelor's of Arts in Communicative Sciences and Disorders, I went on to get my master's at the University of Redlands as well. Now I get a lot of questions about, well, I have my Bachelor's of Arts in something else like psychology, liberal studies, sometimes it's science, and I wanna be a speech pathologist, but what do I do? Well, if that's the case, look into programs that offer what they call post-bac courses. Sometimes they call them grad plus course, um, grad plus programs, I'm sorry, where you can fulfill those prerequisites to getting your master's degree in speech language pathology or communicative sciences and disorders. You can get those courses done either right before you start a graduate program, or it could be kind of simultaneously as you're beginning your graduate program. There are options for you. You've done learning. You already have knowledge about maybe early childhood psychology or early childhood um, education. And so that could be something helpful for you. Look into those programs that have, again, just those grad plus post back. There's probably other terms, put them in the comments and let me know. So look into that. Another really cool thing that's happening nowadays that didn't happen when I was in uh, undergrad, a lot of undergrad comm disc programs are allowing you to get your SLIPA license 
upon graduation with your bachelor's. Not all programs do this, but I know a lot of accredited universities are starting to do this or they are looking into it. So that is something I would also really encourage you to do because then after you graduate with your bachelor's, whether or not you know you wanna to go to grad school or maybe you applied and didn't get in right away, you can work as a slipper, which is an amazing path into becoming either a fully, you know, credentialed speech pathologist later on, or it may be that you decide that's what you want to start off with doing and you do that for a season of life and then maybe go on a little bit later. doesn't matter, but you would have that like stepping stone and paid job opportunity. Now on to question number two. Fast forward a number of years, I am now in my sixth year as a school-based speech pathologist. I think that's where I'm at. Um, somewhere in the fifth and sixth years post-graduate school. I completed my clinical fellowship year in the school district that I currently still work in. I love my school district. I am a public school district employee, so I am part of the teachers union. Not all speech pathologists are. Some speech pathologists work for a contracting company that then contracts them out into schools. Um, you might work at multiple schools. That way, even as a school district employee, I might work at multiple schools, which this year I actually was split up and put into two different school sites. So there's just a lot of variation that comes with my job as a school-based SLP in and of itself, which is why I like it. I'm happy there because I feel like I'm challenged just enough to keep me learning and growing, but I also have the opportunity to master skills, which is really important to me to be able to be learning, but to also have that sense of confidence in, in what I've mastered and be able to, you know, help my kids make progress, help parents learn about how to work with their kids or what's going on with their kids and to make connections. That's really important to me. When I first started out in the schools, I was really nervous because I didn't know if it was going to be the right fit because I really wanted to build on making connections with parents. Now, when I went into my second year as a school-based SLP, I had the opportunity to join the preschool program and be a preschool speech pathologist, which is really where my heart is so happy because I do have that opportunity to make more of those connections with parents, even as a school-based SLP. You don't hear about that a lot in terms of what we do as school-based SLPs. I feel like I do have kind of a unique perspective on that, but it is something that I really enjoy about my job and is really important to me. So again, when we're looking back at the first question about how I got to where I'm at and you know what I was focused on, I really, over time, whether it was an undergrad and grad school kind of combined, I realized you know something that is important to me is making connections with both my clients and their families. And so the setting I wanted to be in ultimately, or at least, you know, five years down the line was somewhere where I could be building connections. And I feel like I'm doing that. Sometimes I, you know, need to be a little bit more assertive and take initiative when it comes to forging those connections, whether it's, you know, calling home to parents when I'm doing an evaluation and really spending some time talking on the phone with them about their child or um, setting up a meeting to have them come in and interview at my school site, whatever it might be, there are those opportunities as well. And it's really important to me that I take them. On the daily, the majority of my time is spent with my students, which is what I love. Sometimes there are different seasons, especially as a speech pathologist, it might not be so true for teachers, but for speech pathologists, we do have our seasons of heavy paperwork and IEP meetings. And so I always have to remember, you know, that is something that kind of comes along with the job as a school-based SLP. And in reality, it will come along with my job 
anywhere I go it, the way I see it. I've had a little bit of experience now in home health, um, in private practice, and I do see that sometimes, you know, whether it's on a daily or weekly or monthly basis, there are those heavier paperwork seasons when you're onboarding new clients or when you're, you know, working on billing. Um, it just kind of comes along with the territory because we do something It is part of that health professional world where we do have to make sure that we're accountable for what we're doing with our, our patients or our clients or our students and that we are, you know, putting them first and, and we're there to serve them. So I will say that, you know, for me, fall um, and then some of winter is more therapy based. And as I get closer to the spring seasons, I am starting to really be more in that heavy paperwork, um, IEP meeting season. And I know what to anticipate. So I kind of know how to balance my life out and balance my schedule at workout in order to accommodate for that and to make sure that I'm still putting myself first, putting my wellness first. And that is, again, something that I'm so focused on, especially this year. As a school-based SLP, I spend a lot of time collaborating with teachers, with my administrators, again, with parents to make sure, and sometimes other service providers, to make sure that we are providing the best services and supports for our students and looking at them and their individual needs. It's really important to me as a member of an IEP team to make sure that we're looking at an individual, at a human, not a piece of paper. And so when I am working with my you know, colleagues, when I am sitting in IEP meetings, when I'm talking about my students, I really do take that to heart and, and know that, you know, we're talking about a living, breathing human being here. I work with little ones. I work with three and four year olds. So they're these parents and my little ones are just starting out their, you know, school career, their educational track. And I really want them to enjoy it. I really want their parents to feel safe and that they have, you know, service providers that really do love their kids, that care about the connections they're building with them and their children and that want to facilitate that learning, that engagement, that growth, and ultimately like that, you know, quality of life. Um, and so every day, that is something that I'm focused on. That is my why. Even on the days I'm tired, I, you know, have to pull that out of my brain. Like, okay, well, what is my why? I'm not here for me. Not every day, you know, I'm, I'm definitely here to make connections and that course fills my cup, but ultimately who am I here for? so on and so forth. Also as a school-based SLP, I do assessments. Um, I have initial assessments where kids are getting tested for the first time to see if they qualify for my services. I have assessments that we you know, do every three years to see if kids still need services. It just kind of depends on what's on my plate in that season and that month. Like I said, here comes the spring and I will have a lot more probably on my plate. And of course, my favorite part of the job, I do a lot of speech therapy sessions. I love play-based speech therapy, so that is something that you, if you were to walk, you know, if you were to follow me around for a day, you would see me doing a lot of different kinds of play-based therapy. I do a lot of co-teaching with my teachers where I'm in the classroom with them, running center times, helping them lead circle times. Um, sometimes I'm following specific students while I'm in the classroom. So there's a lot, there's a lot of different things I do in a day. And as I'm saying all this, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, but it's fun. We make it fun. When it comes to the play-based therapy, I'm really focused on, you know, 
less structure and more organic, natural language, more organic, natural connection and interaction. My goal for my kids is for them to enjoy communication. That's it. Of course, we have our specific goals, you know. Um, Johnny will demonstrate understanding of spatial concepts. Brooke will, you know, produce the p, b, and m sounds in however many words, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I don't want them stressed out over those specific goals. I want them to be enjoying and anticipating positive interactions. And so that's it. That's what I'm doing. Of course, all of this is one perspective, one SLP's perspective. And you have to remember that, especially when there are so many SLP's in the schools and then obviously in other settings. We work with a variety of ages. I have the little ones, but there are SLPs in middle school and high school that can share some really fantastic things. So I definitely encourage you to make sure if you are thinking about going forward, you know, whether it's to be a school-based SLP or other work in another setting, that you are not only seeking my perspective out, but that you are looking for others' perspectives. So that way that can help you really make the decisions that resonate the most with you and who you are. The bottom line is do for you what makes the most sense. And what makes the most sense for you can change on a seasonal basis. Am I going to be in the schools forever? I have no idea. Right now, it fits for me. It helps me be a better human and it also helps me be a better clinician, but it could change. And I'm very open to that. I'm very aware of that. So just keep that in mind as well. You know, you're an evolving human. And so things, things change. That is the one true constant. But more on balance and all that fun wellness stuff next week. I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much for watching. As always, if you have questions or comments or wanna share your story, please do so below in the comments and check out my resources below to help you prioritize your own wellness. All right, my friends, see you next time.